Hey yo, it's Katara from Smoke to Smoke. I want to give y'all the 411 on a company with great Delta 8 and rare cannabinoid products that can be delivered right to your door. If you're looking for some high quality rare cannabinoid products, look no further. My boys over at Moonwalker have got you covered. If you're looking for a wide range of quality rare cannabinoid tinctures, gummies, vapes, topicals, and even gummy sampler packs for you to try out just a taste of some of their delicious cannabinoid treats before committing to a bottle, check out Moonwalker. And when you go to the site, don't forget to use the code smoke to smoke 420 to save some cash the next time you want to stock up your stash. Again, that's S-M-O-K-E-T-O-S-M-O-K-E-420 to save a little bit off on me. It means a lot. Hello and welcome to Smoke to Smoke, the show that'll get you in the know about smoke and drill. I'm your host, Kadabra. With this podcast, I hope to inform you about the fast-growing world of cannabis. I'll be discussing strains, cannabis legislation, groundbreaking studies on the herb, and much more because there's a lot to cover. This podcast is for listeners 18 and up, so if you're a little kid, I might have to ask you to leave for now, but when it's your time, I'll be here and just feel free to hop on back in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello again. For this episode of Smoke to Smoke, I'll be talking with Chia Rodriguez, a legacy cannabis farmer from Mendocino County, California, about her family-run cannabis cultivation business, Arcana Flowers. Before we get started, though, I have a quick disclaimer. While I make an immense effort to broadcast accurate information, I'm not a doctor. I'm simply presenting my views based on what I gather from my own research. Please do not use this podcast as medical advice, and be sure to consult your physician for any medical issues you may be having. Thank you. Now let's light up and dig in. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Before we get started, I must know how you're doing today and what you're smoking on. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I, I'm not smoking on anything quite yet, but I will. I'm, I was hoping to light up some of my fresh harvest from this last fall. Ooh, and what did you harvest this last fall? Um, well, we're second generation legacy cultivators. So we do a lot of our own breeding from, um, genetics that are around here from Mendocino County. So, um, I am really keen on a strain that we created this year, um, called happy camper and it's a one-to-one CBD to THC. Ooh, I like the sounds of that. And is it more of a relaxing or is it energizing? It's more energizing. I like that for the daytime because then, you know, I can get stuff done and it makes me a little chatty and it's also, you know, doesn't like, um, put me out like a lot of the pain relieving, um, cultivars that we grow, you know, sometimes when you get those pain relieving terpenes and the entourage effect, they're like, it also comes with tiredness. So this is really nice because it has that CBD in it, but it also makes you elevated a little bit. So I love that. Oh, I got you. Okay. So can you start out by please introducing yourself for the lovely folks at home? 
Of course. Um, my name is Chia Rodriguez. I am a second generation legacy cultivator from Mendocino County, California, which is in the Emerald Triangle. Um, my husband and I have a farm here called River Shy Farms, and we have a brand in the California marketplace. It's called Arcana Flowers, and we breed and create um, unique cultivars. And so, like I was referencing a second ago, um, we do a lot of breeding and we make a lot of um, different strains that work well for our specific growing region here. So, um, yeah, we've been doing this forever. We just pulled in our 24th harvest season. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it does sound like y'all been doing it for quite a minute now at this point. Totally. <laughs> it is a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so what makes you so passionate about cannabis and how has it really impacted your life? Wow. Well, cannabis really, um, I mean, it, it is my life. You know, it's kind of weird to say that, but I grew up with um, cannabis as the culture here in the Emerald Triangle. We're very, very steeped in, you know, cannabis sort of rules the economy around here. It rules the um you know, the ebb and flow of, of tourists and people who are coming here to work for the harvest season. And so cannabis is really everywhere, um, even though, you know, we were taught as children to kind of be quiet and not tell anybody, you know, like what your parents do and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, as legalization came around here in around 2017, Prop 64 in California came on the, um, was going to be on the ballot. And so once that passed, we knew that we would always um, go down the legal road because we have kids and we didn't want our kids to live in a life of, of fear like my husband and I did back in the Reagan era. You know, um, we were basically like traumatized by helicopters and um, always lived in fear. And we didn't want our kids to live that lifestyle. We thought, OK, if it's going to go legal, like we're going to do what we can to to go down that road. And so we did. Um and it's it hasn't been without a lot of stress and and stuff, but um, you know it it really is our lifestyle. And my husband and I, you know, like we are users ourselves. We love cannabis plant, but more than that, like we're really connected to the land. We live on an off grid, back to the land community that started in 1972, and we are the children of that back to the land community of hippies, you know, um, who started this place. And we just really like, you know, embrace the lifestyle and our kids, um, still live here with us. We have a 22 year old and a 15 year old. Um, and my older one is helping on the farm now and learning the ways. So it, you know, it really is just like a way of life for us. All right. So, wow, that's really crazy to think just really a generation removed how, vastly the cannabis culture could change although you said it was very much a part of the culture even when you were little it's still just the the way that people address it the more openness to it the fact that you're able to go legal and and provide your children with just such a, a fruitful fulfilling lifestyle that you don't have to they don't have to worry about that fear like you did it's crazy to think like just a generation ago and even prior generations before that just the massive amount of stigma that the war on drugs had perpetrated to really make this impact to where now it's so impactful that even just sharing knowledge and feeling comfortable and saying like oh yeah my mom grows is just something that doesn't seem like a big deal something like oh yeah my mom grows like fruits and vegetables in her garden something like that but it's just now so it's commonplace 
Yeah, you know, I mean, that's what I've been really working towards my whole life is um, as a community organizer is to normalize cannabis growing and use. And, you know, um, I really feel like, you know, normalization is something we talk about a lot, right? Um, ending the stigmas, like you said. And, and, and how we do that is by education, is by showing people that we're not like, you know, murder mountain people up here. We're like, you know, we're just normal family that um, really loves this plan and is trying to um, also be good stewards of this beautiful land that we live on 40 acres. And, you know, we're trying to live a, you know, a, a pretty low impact lifestyle. We collect all of our own water. We make all of our own power here. We try to use as much regenerative regenerative growing techniques as we can and so that really shows in the flower like um you know not to brag but our weeds really good right um, so <laughs> yeah it all comes out in in the in the end in the product so you do a lot of well obviously you do a lot of outdoor growing yeah so we have um a mixed light permit and also working towards an outdoor permit oh, we do grow outdoor we don't use greenhouses but um, light deprivation for those who don't know is a technique that you um, basically shorten the flowering cycle of the cannabis plant by covering them um, to shorten the or actually to lengthen as well um, the daylight and so just um, you can manipulate them that way and so if you want to pull in a quicker harvest basically um, we do both oh so it really just makes it makes it where you have a stronger yield um, yeah, like, so, you know, cannabis plants are photosensitive. And so they start flowering naturally, if you plant them outside, um, where we are in Northern California, they start flowering typically, sometime around July, and, and then depending on the cultivar, if they go 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, um, you harvest somewhere between mid September to end of October. And so, we sometimes like to shorten up that cycle so we can pull in a harvest sometime in, you know, late July or early August, which helps just sort of stagger the harvest. And sometimes that light deprivation material, the, the product that comes out of that is just really like powerful and strong and really like chunky nugs. So, you know, we like to have that variety too. Oh, okay. So can you please tell us more about Arcana flowers? Of course. So Arcana Flowers um, is our brand that we started back in 2015. So previous to Prop 64 here in California, we had our brand um, on shelves. And then through that regulatory nightmare that Prop 64 brought here in California, um, you know, just despite what a lot of people might think, legalization and recreational cannabis, like, yay, you know, but it's not really, it's very, very challenging for licensed operators here in the state. Um, and so our brand has gone through some ups and downs, but we are doing fairly well right now. We're out in, you know, shelves all over California. And basically we do proprietary genetics. So my husband does some breeding to work most um, efficiently with the natural environment. So, you know, where we are, we get a lot of hot days and a hot night in Northern California in the summertime. It's brutal here. Um, and so we try to use uh, cultivars and, and create cultivars that do best with that kind of um, season, really. So uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of fun breeding um, this year. I, I mentioned the Happy Camper. Um, we have some really fun 
and super tasty strains this year. We have the Marangatang, Citrus Sunrise. So we've been having fun creating names too. <laughs> so how have y'all been coming up with the names? Well, it's funny because somebody asked me that the other day and I showed them this list that I have in my phone, which is sort of like an ongoing notes. And every time, you know, you hear a song or you're just like talking to somebody and you're like, oh my God, that would be a great band name, right? Yeah. We have that list that's like the song or the, the strain name <laughs> list. And so sometimes we'll just pull one, you know, off the list that we're like, oh, that really matches this, like the vibe of the, you know, the effects or the way that it looks or smells. Um you obviously want to play homage to the lineage of the cultivar that you're, you know, that you're growing. And so like a lot of our genetics have blue dream in there or true Kush. So we'll try to put the word true in or, you know, blue something, or if it's a citrus, um, citrus strain, you know, we'll put in like citrus sunrise. And so, yeah, we just kind of have an ongoing, um, <laughs> list that we pull from, but it's really fun to create strain names and it's actually challenging um as well because you don't want to step on other uh, breeders toes and so we try to be sensitive to that and we try to research a little bit before we you know throw a name onto our packaging yeah because you don't want to name something and it turns out there's already a cultivar that's created that has this name that's um, prolific in a different part of the um nation yeah exactly you know there there is confusion and of course there is like <clears throat> these really old school strains, you know, that you hear about from way back in the day, right? And so there are clones being made of those, right? And that have been perpetuated for, or, you know, um, have been propagated for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, those are true to that lineage, we hope, right? It's hard to know unless you're doing DNA testing. But, um, you know, so you want to just be really sensitive to like what is out there, what has created a name for itself already, what you have. And you know what's unique about your cultivar that that you're creating um, to give it a unique name, which is hard without giving it sometimes like you know a two or three word name. But um, we do our best, and we have fun with okay, it. Okay, okay, I got you. So really, like, how many um, plants are you allowed to really um, grow at the same time? Because I'm wondering, since you guys do a lot of pheno hunting to come up with these good strains that work best for the highly um, the the very hot climate. So how do you go about doing your pheno hunting and finding that? That's a really good question. We actually have a nursery license on top of um, the cultivation license. And okay. so in the nursery license, um, we can do seed. Um, you can do seed breeding and stuff in your cultivation as well here in California, but you can't sell seeds from a cultivation license. You can only sell seeds or clones or starts from a nursery license. And so we do breeding on both sides of it because we need that for the nursery license. And someday we will sell um, seeds and in our brand. Um, but for right now, we're just focusing more on finding those unicorns with the nursery license. And then over on the cultivation side, we are doing a lot of breeding as well, because when the plants are fully expressing themselves and they're really, you know, big and, and potent right when it's the right time to pollinate with some um, male pollen, um, we'll go around and create, you know, a, a seeded branch on different parts of different plants. And so we kind of, you know, we utilize both techniques for the cloning and the seed breeding. Okay. Okay. So in what dispensaries is your flower located? 
Well, we have dispensaries and delivery services all over California. Thank you for asking. Um, I always try to get it, you know, get that information out there. Basically, the best thing that I could say is that people could head to our website, which is Arcana, A-R-C-A-N-N-A, flowers.com, and it has a listing of our locations. But, um, you know, we're, we're in some great delivery services in the Bay Area, and we just got into a really nice delivery service down in LA as well as um, physical locations. So kind of all over. Okay, so where are you you're based solely in Mendocino County, and you're just now starting to branch out all over California? Yeah, um, we've had our flower in different places all over this state, um, like I was mentioning back since 2015. But, um, you know, through the regulatory system, things have changed because a lot of those dispensaries that were existing before Prop 64 went out of business or were not able to get licensed um, for various reasons. And so we kind of had to like start from scratch almost um, around that time because you were sort of waiting for your vendors to get their license in the first place and all that. So um, there's been, you know, hiccups and, and such along the way, but um, yeah, we were one really amazing thing that we're doing is something called Mendocino Cannabis dot shop. So we are located in Mendocino County, but we can sell our cannabis anywhere in California. And our trade association here in Mendocino County is called Mendocino Cannabis Alliance. And they started a direct to consumer program for us members. And we are a participating brand within that. Um, and we actually have a delivery service just for Mendocino County cannabis in Sacramento, which is called Mendocino Cannabis dot shop. And so people can get our stuff delivered to them anywhere in the greater Sacramento area through that program. And this is sort of a one of a kind unique thing that's happening. Um, you know, there's not that many cannabis trade associations within California. Um, and our trade association is under the umbrella of the Origins Council, who does tons of work to help us at the state level and even federal and um, and worldwide, actually, too. And so um, we started this program, which has been really great pilot program to help get Mendocino County weed like all over the place in California, working with different dispensaries and um, through events, as well as the delivery service. Oh, wow. Okay. So now switching things up just a little bit, what have been some major differences that you've seen and noticed from migrating over from the legacy industry into white market cannabis? Um, so in terms like culturally or? Uh, culturally, uh, basically, I was just leaving this question broad enough for you to answer as you wish just any type of way you've noticed? <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, the there's been a lot of changes, right? The, there's been a lot of people who were um, legacy cultivators who sort of dropped off the map. Um, but what I really love about our communities, especially in Northern California and the Emerald Triangle as a heritage cultivation community, as much of much of the um, the space has sort of stayed the same in a lot of ways. And I think, you know, the coolest thing that has happened because of legalization is that now we can talk about it freely, mm -hmm. right? And so we can be like, hey, I'm a grower. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, which was always very nervous before. And so there's there's been good things and bad things that have come from legalization. But I think, uh, you know, um, the beauty of the the cultivars and the passing around of genetics has always been a theme in the emerald triangle in the emerald triangle especially and that's still happening and that's a really beautiful way to you know connect with your neighbors and your friends and keep the um you know the unique 
cultivars that are coming out of this area uh, present and in the marketplace. So that's something that kind of really carried over from from before. Um, a lot of things, you know, have changed and morphed. And so, you know, there's a huge change in our community and our culture as a whole economically, because as many people probably know, the cannabis industry in California and other places is oversaturated and having a hard time. And so, you know, a lot of operators are unfortunately dropping off the map. So it's, a, you know, it's a very, I could go down a rabbit hole with that <laughs> one, but um, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Um, and really just my goal has always been before legalization and, and now is to help these cultivators stay alive and thrive really like they used to okay so you said there's a bit of an oversaturation in the market i just want to know if you have an idea off the top of your head how many dispensaries do y'all have that is a great question i could not tell you the exact number of licensed dispensaries and or delivery services in california um but you know there's always new ones coming online every day. Previous to legalization, um, there was tons. I think, I, you know, I heard some number, it was like over a, a thousand, but I'm sure there was even more than that. Um, and then through the legalization process, because it's been such a quagmire of like, you know, slogging through the mud, trying to get your license, um, you know, we jumped down to hardly any and then had to build that back up. So you know, um, I hear these days that there, you know, there's new ones coming online constantly, which is great for us as, as, um, as a brand. But something that is interesting, just a sort of fact tidbit, is that 70% of the consumers in California um, do not have access to cannabis because their local municipality has not made it legal yet. So just because the state says yay, cannabis is legal and everybody voted it in. If you live in certain regions, you cannot get it even delivered to you if you live in an area that has it restricted. So, you know, people have to drive over an average of 60 miles what? to get cannabis if they don't have a dispensary in their, in their specific region. So just because we're legal doesn't necessarily mean everybody has um, fair access. So that's something that we, you know, of course, want to work towards. Now, that really changes the game because I didn't know that was going on. I figured it was kind of like dispensaries on every corner. Everybody had a lot of access to it. But it's the same way here in Arkansas where it's been legalized medicinal but I believe we only have 22 operating dispensaries in the entirety of the state. So there's like two in this county. And then if you want another one, you're going to have to drive another two hours or so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, exactly. Like this is not necessarily um, equal access, right? For patients. I mean, really we're talking about, you're talking about medical state. So Arkansas is a medical state then? Yes. Okay. And so California has the medical basis to our laws, like because we had a proposition, what was called Prop 215 previously um, to recreational legalization, which we operated under since 1997. Um, and so we were able to cultivate utilizing people's medical cards. And so you could actually what we called stacking medical cards. So we, for instance, had a couple hundred medical cards and you could cultivate then up to 99 plants. Right mm -hmm. now we can cultivate as many plants as we want under the cultivation license. There's not a cap on the amount of plants that you grow unless you have the tiniest license size there is in the state, which you can have 50 plants at that point. But anyways, so, you know, we had this, the medical 
rules. And then we put recreational on top of that. And so people who have a medical need for cannabis, maybe they have epilepsy or, you know, chronic pain or cancer or whatever, they have a medical card, they still can't get access in certain areas. And so we know that from other states, you hear people that move to a legal state to try to get access for maybe their child or an ailment that they have. Um, so, you know, across the United States, we still have these weird little pockets that don't have any access. And then we have some that have just medical access, which is really limited. Sounds like Arkansas is one of those. And then, and even in California, it's not um, all hunky dory here yet. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. There's still a lot of progress to be made, even though there has been progress made already. There's still a lot of things that could be done, especially as far as like um, like more expansion towards social equity programs, giving growers more rights to where they aren't on the having the short end of the stick with, as yeah. far as profiting from their cannabis grow that they're growing. And th yeah, there's just still a lot of other things that need to be worked on. Totally. And we have that here in California, too. We have a social equity program. And my farm was lucky enough to get um, some access to social equity grant money. And so this is helping us. We had to apply um, under the... Um, <laughs> you had to basically be affected by the war on drugs um, previously to a certain... To, to recreational cannabis being legalized and prove it that you had some kind of you know, PTSD or that you were traumatized by helicopters or whatever to wow. apply for it. And we actually did. And we were successful and we're, middle, we're in the middle of the process of getting money from this grant program. But also a really cool thing that happened is the state of California recognized that we could utilize that social equity um, status to help us um, eliminate our license fee. Our license fees are, mine is $11,800 annually just for one of them. And I keep in mind, I have three. And so um, when the marketplace is suffering, so does the business. And then of course, people are having a hard time paying for their licenses. And um, so that really actually saved us this year because our licenses do right smack in the middle of our um, harvest season in October. And so we were able to get one of those licenses for free um, because of the social equity status. That's amazing. That's really good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's been pretty amazing. We have one locally as well. So it's not just the state um, that's doing that. It's also our local uh, cannabis department, which has its, <laughs> a lot of hiccups and a lot of problems. But one of the cool things is that we can get a lot of our permit fees and even our um, taxes waived because of that equity. Okay. So uh, switching up a little bit, Again, do you have any strains that have been well kept within the family? Maybe like a generational namesake strain. Ooh, um, well, a little bit. So we have we've been cultivating for going on twenty five seasons, and so um, we brought some genetics through this. You know, through all those years. Um, that were related to Blue Dream and Romulan is something that you don't really hear about hardly ever anymore, but it was really, really popular way back in the nineties. And, um, and so we have been utilizing those genetics and bringing them, them through what we have now. And, um, we actually ended up bringing Blue Dream back in as a fresh cut from another, uh, from another nursery. 
um, to freshen up the genetics a little bit. Um, and so my husband utilized those clones as females, of course, female clones, and utilized some of our pollen from other cultivars to kind of reboot the, the strains. Um, and so, yeah, you know, we have the True Kush lineage I mentioned earlier, and then the Blue Dream are big themes within our genetics here on our farm. Oh, okay. I got you. So how big is the Arcana Flowers team at this point? <laughs> well, it's just my husband and myself. Um, we do the nursery and the cultivation pretty much all alone. Our oldest son is now old enough to help on the farm um, legally in California. You know, you have to be 21. Mm -hmm. So he's 22 now. And so he is learning and helping. And so he can only do certain things because we don't, um, we can't have employees here. He can help us in little ways, but um, not as an employee. And so, yeah, we're a little limited based on where our farm is located and we can't actually expand and have employees. And so, that's okay. We do pretty well with what we have going on. Um, and the way that the regulation is in California, really, we have to send our product out to get trimmed and processed somewhere else, um, unfortunately. So we don't have a lot of control over it at a certain point when it leaves the farm. But, um, you know, we try to do all of our own quality control really well before it leaves here. We um, have shifted into doing a lot of our own um, labeling to save money at the distributor. So I will do all the um, bag labeling and jar labeling and stuff myself. And then I'll send that over to the distributor and they'll finalize it for us. So there's little ways that we can save money and do, you know, still get the job done, I guess. <clears throat> Man, I need to clear my throat. My bad. Okay. So, um, so do you, did you make the designs yourself for all the, um, cultivars and strains that you have? Oh, that's a good question. We actually worked with a really great, um, um, designer back in 20, gosh, 15, I guess at this point. Um, and at the Mendocino group was our friend who had, uh, it was doing websites and logo designs and that kind of stuff. And so he kind of started out um, helping us with that. But these days, yeah, I've had to gain a lot of skills through this process and learn how to do a lot of this stuff by myself so I can save money. And so now I'm doing most of the graphics and all the social media and all the marketing on my own. Oh, okay. So you're kind of juggling a lot of things. I do a lot of the graphic design and the, well, I do basically everything for the podcast myself. And it's just constantly just like, all right, I've done this project. Let's jump to this one. We're in happily yeah. through this one. Let's go to another one. So you're probably just constantly moving around doing something. Oh yeah, totally. And how to learn to do a lot of skills that I never thought I would need to, you know, <laughs> to have. Um, and I actually really love that side of it. I love design and graphic design and creating websites and creating beauty, you know, through that process. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun with that and I definitely need to step up my skills a little so I can do more of the actual label design. There's a lot of um, regulations around the actual labeling here in California. I don't know how it is in Arkansas, but here it's like very specific and the font has to be just this right size and you have to have all these things that go on the packaging. And so you're, you know, you're kind of beholden to, you can't just have it all be creative and, and pretty. <laughs> you have to have all this legal jargon on there and stuff too. And so people have come up with really unique ways to kind of get around that, to add all what's necessary on there, but still have their brand be very um, unique and standing out. And, you know, we, our brand is called Arcana Flowers, like I mentioned, and the word Arcana 
um, with just one N uh, means the magic and the power that a plant holds within it. And so we added one extra N just for play on words to create, you know, to have it have the word canna in it from cannabis. And so we've just been playing with that design since the beginning and um, really, you know, morphing it, but also trying to like retain the brand recognition all along. So it's a little tricky here in California with this oversaturated market, you know, how many different versions and, and good looking ways can you make a cannabis leaf graphic look, you know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we've been playing around with that for a long time. we just started with pre-rolls and um, moving into a little bit of a different design. So I'm excited to see what happens with the pre-roll market here in California. That's definitely one of the top things that somebody wants to, you know, you walk into a dispensary, you're on a road trip or whatever. That's the first thing people want to pick up. So we're trying to expand our line as well, just to have more diversity and consumers too. Hmm. I think here, because we're not allowed to really consume just out and about, we're only supposed to consume, there's no consumption lounges and we're supposed to just consume at home. Uh, hmm. They don't have pre-rolls. Oh, interesting. That's f fascinating to think think about. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, in California, we do have consumption lounges. You have a lot of dispensaries that you can just walk into, buy something and then stay there and smoke it. Um, obviously, technically, you're not supposed to um, drive and consume. Mm -hmm. And but, um, you know, people I'm sure do <laughs> while they're on the road. But there's also events that are happening in California, um, which are a really fun way to engage with small brands like ours. Um, there's the Emerald Cup, which is sort of like the biggest event that we have here in California for um, cannabis. There's also different high times events and things like that. But there's a lot of small markets that are happening where you have just some, you know, a small group of farms organizing together to create a marketplace and getting a license for that event. And so you can actually consume at that event um, so it really just depends on on the location, but we have a lot of options. It sounds like more than other places. Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot about the Emerald Cup and the different high times events, and I definitely need to make my way out there eventually once I get the chance because it looks very exciting. Oh yeah, well it's an amazing cultural event, really. I mean, beyond just that, you're in all these buildings where there's so much smoke in the building. It's like. <laughs> filling the ceiling you know and you're you're kind of inhaling every single strain that everyone there is smoking all at once and eventually even if you don't consume <laughs> you're still high <laughs> whether you want to be or not okay okay so uh what have been some of your most favorite strains that you have like, had as a part of your collection oh good question um well, we have a lineage called um, the Green Door that we had a long time ago. Was, I call it a super sativa because it was a super long season um, cultivar that we did some breeding around. And during some of the fires here in California, we've had, as most people around the country know, we've had a lot of um, trouble with fires and the drought here. Mm -hmm. And during seven, 2017, we... Um, lost some of our genetics due to fire. We didn't actually have a fire here on the property, but um, we had a bunch of our genetics at a friend's nursery and they had to evacuate. And so we lost a lot of our genetics, which was that door, the green door. And then randomly we forgot, we had given a couple plants to a friend and he gave us one back and was like, Hey, this is, this is the green door again. And so we were able to cross it 
um, with another sativa that our friend has called um, Infinity. And so now we have the door to Infinity. And um, we are doing a breeding project. So um, when you're trying to find that like magical unicorn of a of a strain, you you know you're crossing pollen with flowers and then you get all these seeds and then you pop those seeds the next season or whatever and then you grow those out all the way to full fruition and you do some more breeding with more pollen right as the as the flowers get uh, mature and so what you're looking for is different traits that you really really want right so for here we know that we don't really want a super long season plant because it rains a lot and you know like starting in November usually. And so we don't want things that really go that long. Um, and so we were able to breed with that, that cultivar and sort of shorten the cycle. So once you grow out those, those plants all the way, you know, oh, okay, this one harvested at this date and this one harvested at that date, we'd actually really want it a little earlier. So you're going to breed with the one that had the traits that you like the best. And so we went from 48 different cultivars of the door to infinity crosses that we really liked. And this year we grew out eight of them. Mm -hmm. We're narrowing it down um, even further. And that happy camper that I mentioned earlier is one of those. And you never know what you're going to get because we didn't realize that any of those had enough CBD to really count on a test. And one of them came out as a one-to-one. So, you know, somewhere around 17% of both THC and CBD together, um, it's kind of rare. So we're definitely going to be keeping that one and breeding that one um, continually. Okay. Now, I also saw something on your website about a cannabis juice, and I must say that I'm very interested. Please enlighten us about this concoction that you've made and how you made it. <laughs> I love this question. Um, yeah, so when the leaves of the cannabis plant are fresh and healthy before um, all the trichomes set in for flowering, the leaves are really very tasty. They don't, they're not bitter, but the later it goes into flower, a little bit more bitter and sometimes you can even feel a little bit of effects from the juice um, because of the you know the, the crystal on there that the trichomes on there um, at some point in the season so there's kind of like a, a perfect window to harvest leaves and i love to mix it with watermelon juice because the flavor is just super yummy and it's very watery of course and so it's mm. easy to make a lot of juice with not that many leaves and so typically i take um in my blender, I'll put like maybe 20 to 40 fan leaves in there and I'll cut the stems off because the stems are kind of woody um, and throw the leaves in there with water and ice and some watermelon. And then I'll blend it all up and you want to strain it out um, because the leaf material will kind of get stuck in your throat. So you kind of want to get that, the cannabis leaf out of the, the juice. Um, so not making a smoothie, but you're actually making a juice. Okay. And then, um, just drink it like that. And it's really, really good. It has so much phytonutrients from the fresh leaves and has a lot of other benefits that we don't really get from dried cannabis that we inhale, right? And most of us are utilizing cannabis either topically or in a tincture form or an inhalation form. Typically, we don't get a lot of that um, goodness from the plant that comes in, you know, when it's fresh and live. So this is a really great way, even if you have a little small indoor, you know, you could 
take the leaves and stash them in the fridge for a couple days until you get enough to um, create some juice with. But yeah, I have a video tutorial on our website, on arcanaflowers.com, as well as on our social media. Actually, um, if you kind of scroll back through our Instagram and, and Facebook posts, there is some little tutorial videos there um, so you can learn how to do it. It's me, Miss Cadabra. Over here at Smoke to Smoke, it fills me with absolute joy and excitement to bring you product reviews and interviews with amazing guests each week. And now, the show has a sponsor that's equally as excited to bring you more great content in 2023. Stand back and make way for the new sponsor, Caligars. Caligars is an up-and-coming heavy hitter in the cannabis industry. We're talking about Blunt and Joint Roller Central over here as these guys have Blunt and Keef Glue in seven different flavors, Joint Rollers, Canagar Packing Kits, Glass and Wood Tips, Cones and Cannons, Blunt Wraps, and so much more. If you want to up your rolling game, head on over to Caligars.com and don't forget to use the code CADABRA23 to save yourself 10% off your future purchases. That's C-A-D-A-B-R-A-23 to save yourself 10% off. Before we get back into today's episode, we gotta take a quick smoke break. Usually during these intermissions, I like to take the time to highlight a strain that I picked up from the dispensary. However, in honor of today's lovely guest, I'll be breaking down a strain for y'all that's a part of the Arcana Flower Collection. So without further delay, let's light up and dig into some true Barrymore. True Barrymore is an indica-dominant hybrid cross of Blue Dream and True Kush. The flowers from this strain carry a complex aroma that's got a dense cushiness to it paired with a sweet berry and floral fragrance. The flavors are equally as sweet, holding the same flowery and berry notes that's prevalent in its scent. As far as the effects are concerned, like the namesake herself, this heavy hitting strain provides a frisky, cheery, and playful high. You'll notice after a session with True Barrymore that you're feeling light, highly creative, and loose. The dominant terpenes in True Barrymore are alpha-pinene followed by beta-myrcene and beta-pinene. That's all I've got for this smoke break. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, okay. Now, before we finish off today's episode, I've got some fun questions just so the listeners can get to know a little bit more about you. Great. So what's your favorite strain? <laughs> I tend to lean towards more citrusy flavors personally. Um, and this year I'm really enjoying one of ours that um, we crossed with. So it was a lemon fire OG times golden lemons. And those two together created one that we really loved called, uh, we're calling it the meringue tang. Um, <laughs> it's like really like dank sort of uh, like funky like rotten fruit is what it smells like and it tastes so good so that's my seasonal favorite this year 
Um, one of my like long-term favorite um, lineages is well, we used to have the true Barrymore. So it was the true Kush times uh, like a blue dream and had something else in there. I can't remember right the second, but that was just very strong indica dominant effects where, you know, even though you were just like real, like body high, mm. um, you were also having inspiration to go do stuff like go on a hike or, you know, really get into something. So I love those kinds of strains personally, because I'm a doer, I just can't like sit still. And so I love to have something that like helps deal with my back pain and but also, you know, really gets me motivated to do art or something. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but I do tend to lean towards the citrusy varietals these days. I just love that what it tastes like on the palate. I mean, like you may, I don't know what your favorite consumption method is, but mine was always a joint and I just love to take that dry hit yeah. before you light it, you know, so you get that flavor. But I noticed that a lot of people are utilizing you know, different vapes that don't actually burn the material, they just vaporize it, right? So you're getting a lot more of the, the terpenes and the, like the flavor, which I love. And so I need to learn, actually, I need to teach myself how to vape better with flour, because I, I think that I could benefit more from that than actually smoking, because we know, we all know smoking isn't the best for you. So it's something that I would aspire to myself, actually. Yeah, really same for me too. I haven't had my um, best share of luck with vaporizers because I kind of, I got what I paid for. I kind of cheaped out with it. I didn't really know what to look for because I had just started my medical program. Probably I was two weeks in at that point. So I was just mm. trying to buy the first thing that was available. And really I need to like reassess. Maybe once I uh, collect my ducats a little bit, get my funds in order, I'll get myself a nice dry herb vaporizer because I use mostly like joints. I like that. I like rolling those nice joints or um, like my bong or a smoking lamp, which is kind of, it's shaped differently than a bong. It's got more water in it. So it filters the smoke differently differently. Um, mm. Yeah, but really, like, I, both of those, you can really taste the, like, the fullness of the flower, and I really like the dry pull on both of them. Yeah, for sure. I'm, the Pax brand has these new um, vaporizers that are for flower, mm -hmm. so it's like a handheld pocket size um, vape, and you pack it full of ground up flour and um, it doesn't burn it, so it just, like, you know, decarboxylates it and you get that that hit it goes, you know probably you could get like five or six hits off of it and it's a pretty good quality okay i think yeah. way way back i got something this was um admittedly a little bit before my medical program i got something that was called a starry device it was a dryer vaporizer and it had a very nice flavor to it but it didn't really like it didn't express the flavors of the strains i was having it made them all kind of taste like um like woodsy kind of like some of them more like peanuts. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. That's cool. There is a peanut peanut butter breast strain <laughs> that we have going around around here. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't the strain itself. It was just the way that the um, it vaporized and baked in there that gave it kind of a nutty flavor to it. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I think learning how to um, consume with the, all these different technologies these days is a little daunting for somebody like me who's just sort of an old school stoner <laughs> yeah definitely trying to understand like okay i hit the button how many times to turn it on how many times it changes setting it's just confusing <laughs> right <laughs> that's funny next up what is something you can't cook 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm a, I, I don't mean to brag, but I am a good chef. Um, <laughs> but my husband always like is the one that cooks typically like the turkey and things like that during holidays. But I was left to my own this year. Um, my husband was away to help his father with some medical stuff. And I ended up having to do that by myself. I guess I saved, I ended up saving it. It was fine, but I'm really not the best at that. <laughs> but I, I have grown up like learning how to cook really well for my mother. So I'm pretty adept at that, but I definitely could hone in on my skills a little bit with the the meat products like barbecue and cooking a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, cook a lot of big poultry, not like um, whole chickens or whole turkeys, but I can like, I can make a Cornish hen pretty good. Oh, that sounds yummy. Yeah, I'm just, you know, out here we grow a lot of our own fruits and vegetables and, mm -hmm. um, you know, on the farm we have our own eggs and stuff like that. So we're always playing around with something fun and unique. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Next up, what fictional what fictional world or place would you like to visit? Oh wow. I love these questions. Um that is I would well, I'd like to go see what it is like in deep space. I mean, Ooh. the vastness, you know, even though if it almost seems like overwhelming, like it might induce anxiety, it would be uh -huh. really cool to like go up and at least look down at the earth. I think that would be so cool. Yeah, like that seems really cool. But at the same time, just kind of being, I could see myself being swallowed whole by the entirety of it and just like overwhelmed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I Something else that came to mind when you asked that was this like avatar world because my son went, they went to go watch that movie at the theater yesterday. And I was thinking, oh, wow, that, you know, just so unique and really fascinating actually about their connection with the trees and the plants. Right. And I do have that. I think you know, that's one of our, our missions here is to have this connection with the plants and the earth around us where we live, especially being cultivators um, and farmers of other things. But, you know, I just love that, that that's sort of like a normalized sort of conversation right now that, you know, these beings have such an intense connection with the trees. So I love that too. Yeah, I have not seen the new movie, but I'm I'm going to see it. Maybe I, if I if I can catch it. If, otherwise, I'm gonna have to wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah, there you go. It's like three hours long, so oh, go into the movie uh, It's like <laughs> it's you might fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, I see. I have a hard time sitting through like an hour and a half movie, but you're trying to double that on me, so I might have to. <laughs> You definitely have to smoke some good herb before you go to the theater. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I just, I can't, I, I gotta do something. I can't sit still for too long. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> okay. So what are your three favorite ways to get stoned? Well, we were just talking about joints and that dry hit of the joint. Mm -hmm. And I guess my lazier version of that is a pipe. Um, I typically have a pipe next to me during the evenings when I just want to like a quick, you know, quick access sort of. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess third to that, um, I am really into topicals right now. I actually make a really amazing topical that I've been honing in on for about 16 years or so. I've had this um, sort of side brand um, that I'm making uh, really amazing 
uh, wildcrafted herbs and herbs that I grow combined with the cannabis. Um, and that for me with back pain and different ailment, you know, aches and pains and ailments and stuff like is really helpful. It's great for menstrual cramps, super good for headaches. Right. So I'm, yeah, I kind of like, I like to puff, but at the same time, I'm also really into, um, different ways to find pain relief. So topicals are definitely my next go-to. Okay. And I haven't tried a lot of topicals, but the ones that I have tried, I have noticed, like I've gotten little sample packs of the CBD ones and those have been very beneficial. I need to get more into that because I need something to definitely help with like the time of the month cramps because they get really bad. And just like my constant back pain, because like really I've gotten kind of used to it, but it's really more of a dull ache that I'm rocking most days. Hmm. Well, if you have some access to even shake, I mean, I try to make my topicals with like smalls or, you know, um, trim mm -hmm. and, but, um, you can just cook it down in some coconut oil, um, on a low simmer for a few hours and then just strain out the plant material. And even that just alone is so good. You could do that. It'll, you know, take you, you know, just a couple hours to let it simmer, but then it's just almost instantaneous once you strain it out let it harden up and then just utilize that just rub it right on the spot oh. super super helpful okay okay might have to try that out <laughs> yeah save your <laughs> save your trimmings from your, your grinder or whatever <laughs> oh i use everything from the grinder though <laughs> <laughs> okay so how long have you been consuming cannabis Oh, I guess I'll out myself. Well, I started smoking when I was 12, okay. um, which was not, I would not recommend that to anybody. I didn't start as like a regular user. It's more like I was actually at a festival with my dad and his friends and the joint was sort of being passed around this large group of people oh. and somebody passed it to me and I looked at my dad and he looked at me and he kind of shrugged his shoulders <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I tried it. Um, but I became a regular user around 15, okay. 16, and I definitely noticed that affected my brain function. I was like a super good student and got, you know, straight A's and stuff like that. But I definitely noticed that it wasn't ideal for me quite yet. Um, and I took a little break from it here and there through my pregnancies and things like that. But, um, you know, I became a real regular user, I guess, probably around 16. Okay. Yeah, when I indulged in cannabis when I was a lot younger, it was definitely not to the same. I didn't hold myself to the same accountability as far as consuming responsibly as I do now. Mm -hmm. I was definitely not getting myself into safe situations to get um, get herb. It was just a lot of things that I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't the time for me yet. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, um, I don't know if you've seen the film called Ladybuds that I'm in, but my family was part of this film. Um, it's actually on Amazon and stars and all the things right now, but um, it's called Ladybuds. And it talks about my family's story. And my older son was having issues with cannabis and he actually was utilizing dabs way too hardcore. And he was like 15 oh, wow. and basically kind of went down a bad road with it because as we know with dabs it's like your body almost like like the high is so intense that you go way up real quick right you mm. get super blasted really fast 
And then that high doesn't last a really long time. And then it comes down pretty quickly. And so you kind of want to like, it's almost like this drug reaction where like, I don't know, speed or something that you, you just like want to keep using it because you want to maintain your high. It's very dangerous for developing brains. And of course, if he was 15, he's not, you know, didn't have a fully developed brain yet. And so he was having a hard time, you know, being a functional human and being a kind person and being a good student. And so we kind of, you know, put the kibosh on that and really, you know, it's hard when you're a user and you also grow it Mm -hmm. that your kids have access, whether you think they do or not, you know, they're going to find a way to find it. Right. And so it's all over (laughs) our property. And it's like, how do you keep your kid away from it? A hundred percent. You can't really. And without being a hypocrite, it's, it's a challenge. And so, you know, we've, we've gone through those trials and tribulations with him. And and now he's a respectful user um, of of the plant. But, you know, I think everybody has to come to learn how their body and their tolerance um, is with cannabis in their own way. It's a challenge. Sometimes there's, you definitely hear about people who have an intolerance, um, you know, and so we just need to, as cannabis educators, I think we both fall into that category. It's like we're trying to talk about this plant all the time. Mm-hmm. And it is really our sort of our duty to help people understand that this plant is super powerful and not to just be used with, you know, it, it's to be used with caution. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Now we got to lighten things up just a little bit because we did get a little bit heavy there, which... <laughs> <laughs> But um, what song can you listen to all day long? Oh my gosh, I love this. I don't know. I, you know what? It's funny. I actually prefer the silence. I do love music, um, but I really just jive with just kind of like hearing nature around me and and not really listening to music. But I could definitely listen to. Uh, Bob Marley or anything like that on repeat a lot. We do that a lot. Um, I'm really into like old school stuff. I just was listening to Fleetwood Mac literally like over and over and over in preparation for going to one of their concerts, which ended up not happening. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I I love music, but I really, um, I also prefer silence (laughs) when you have kids. It's really nice to have nothing going on sometimes, but yeah. Good question. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes you just need that just space to get away and just have some silence. <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay. So what's your favorite hobby? Well, I'm a jewelry maker. Oh. Um, I had a store in our local little town, which actually just closed, but um, the economy is very terrible here right now. But um, I always am creating something really I, I actually the desk i'm sitting at right now is my jewelry um creation area in the house and so um yeah i love gems and jewels and always trying to make pretty things to wear feather jewelry or stones too so i do seed beading as well so yeah i love to just create things with my hands <laughs> oh, okay okay what is a crazy activity that you dream of trying someday Oh, wow. Um, I have a total fear of heights, but I would love to skydive sometime and to feel what it's like as close as we could get, I guess, to flying. I think I would have a hard time actually jumping out of the airplane. (laughs) But um, 
yeah, I, I always have desired to feel what it's like to like float through the air. That'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was really dreading um, going on a plane for the first time. I thought it was going to be way scarier than it was, but it was actually like, it was beautiful up there. Now, as far as like jumping off the plane, you can keep that. I'm not about to do anything. Like that. No. <laughs> I, that's not one of those dreams for me. I like, I saw a video of somebody um, doing bungee jumping and I just like, I, I would faint immediately. Like it wouldn't even be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be there to enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I could do that with my back issues either. Yeah. <laughs> That's also with the skydiving makes me a little nervous. But the first few times I think that you go, I don't know if it's this way everywhere, but um, at least in California, you have to practice with somebody who's certified. So you basically are strapped to somebody else and they just jump and then you're just sort of along for the ride. So mm -hmm. I guess okay. I could probably do that if I didn't have to jump on my own. <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> the best way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And finally, from my questions, can you tell the listeners at home how to find and follow you online? Of course. Um, so our website is called arcanaflowers.com. So it's A-R-C-A-N-N-A flowers.com. Um, on Instagram, we are arcana underscore flowers. And I also have a podcast um, called Moms Do Weed. And you can find that on Instagram, moms underscore do underscore weed and we also have a website and a facebook page and a facebook group um arcana flowers is also on facebook and yeah we um i do a lot of promotions and and um you know a lot of interviews and podcasts and all that kind of stuff so probably if you searched us anywhere you'd come across something that we've been up to especially around the film Ladybuds. So if anybody hasn't seen it, please do. It'll teach you a lot about what's happened here in California. And it's from the perspective of six women in the, in the cannabis industry in California. So please do watch that if you haven't already. All right. And where'd you say that was available to stream? Um, it's actually on Amazon and stars. So um, you can get it on Apple TV as well and Google play. So it's pretty much all over the place. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Everything will be linked in the show notes for listeners who are interested in checking out the buds, checking out the story behind the buds, and getting to learn a little bit more about just the the wonderful story that you've brought for us today. So thank you so much for joining me, and I will see you around. All right. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. You take care. You too. Bye. Hey you! Yeah, you! Do you have a question you want to ask or do you want to submit an idea for a future show? Email me at smoketosmoke420 at gmail.com or send the show a voice message on Anchor FM. Please be sure to give the show a review and share this show at your next smoke sesh. The podcast email will be included in the show notes. Also, did you know that after a long time coming, Smoke to Smoke is finally available on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you stream your favorite shows. That's right, the show is now right alongside with the best of them. And don't forget, for the latest updates when the show airs, sneak peeks into my cannabis adventures, and for educational cannabis infographics, you can check out Smoke to Smoke on Instagram at Cannabuzz. That's going to be Smoke to Smoke underscore podcast. 
The podcast is still currently hardcore shadow banned on Instagram, so the best way you can help the show continue to grow is by word of mouth. Share the show with your friends and Canna family and let them know that they can now enjoy the show too wherever they stream. And don't forget to follow the show wherever you're streaming it right now so you're the first one to know when a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in this week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Smoke to Smoke. I hope y'all enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, if you did, please be sure to review the show wherever you stream and don't forget to check out our can of flowers on Social Club and Instagram to get some behind-the-scenes action from their fantastic grow. Everything will be linked in the show notes. That's all I've got for this week. To all my listeners near and far, no matter where you are, remember to smoke responsibly and I'll see you next Wednesday.